Welcome to the Home and Family Culture Podcast, a family inspiration podcast where I discuss how the attitudes, habits, traditions, roles, and expectations in our homes influence the hearts, minds, spirits, and bodies of our children and the nation. I'm Jody Chafee, and in this episode, I interviewed Emily Dyke, the founder of Math Inspirations. Math Inspirations exists to teach students and parents to take ownership of their math experience and empower them with a system to make their efforts fruitful. I had an awesome conversation with Emily, and I hope that you enjoy. Just tell us a little bit about you and how you got started with Math Inspirations. Yeah, so um, I'm Emily Dyke, and I started Math Inspirations um, about three years ago. And kind of the journey that led me to to helping families with their homeschooling is that um, I was raised in a home with a mother who absolutely had a passion for learning. And so our family culture growing up is that was my mom leading by example and just being so curious about everything. Uh Um, Everything that we saw, she was just, she would say, oh, come look. Oh, come look. Like that was her her Uh most common phrase was, oh, come look at this. Like, look how cool this is. Why do you think that is? I mean, it was just it was just a part of our day to day was discovering something new uh-huh. um, just because of the curiosity and the, the love of learning that my mom had. And obviously in, in school, we would come back and we would report what we learned and she would say, Oh, well, why do you think that is? And then she'd expand us and help us think in a deeper way and just ask us lots of questions that we, you know, when you're sixth grade, seventh grade, you just don't think beyond what you're told. Yeah. But she kind of forced us to think beyond what we were told because she was genuinely curious about it. And so it wasn't forced. It wasn't faked. Mm -hmm. Um, And if it was, she was really good at it. Uh (laughs) We thought she generally, genuinely wants to know more about this. And so we would sit and we would talk and we would, we would think about it. And that was just, the norm in our home. It's just Mm -hmm. the way that, that we were. Um, and when I went and taught in a public school, I realized that, um, that wasn't happening in everyone's home. That that was a rare thing, um, a rare gift that I was given because students, when I would, um, approach them with that same kind of genuine enthusiasm where I'm like, Oh, so tell me more about this. They go, I don't know. I don't know. Here. (laughs) You don't know where they really just, they didn't know how to respond to it. They didn't care about it. And I thought at first it was just the generation, uh, it was just technology. But yeah. really I realized that it was just the culture and their homes was just not yeah. conducive to that. They weren't used to it. They never were expected to. Yep. Um, and so I realized uh, that as much as I could do, it wouldn't ever be enough because me being in their lives for an hour every day was not enough to change the impact that their home had in their lives every day. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't. But, um, but that's why I felt so strongly about working with homeschooling families. And I uh, was given the opportunity by my sister-in-law who homeschooled and asked me to help her kids with math. And 
um, it was neat because our we lived two doors down from each other. And so our lives were very much intertwined and our cultures, uh-huh. because we were so intertwined, really meshed together. We had uh-huh. very similar philosophies. Um, if it was different, I don't think we would have gotten along so well. Right. It <laughs> but there was very much that same just curiosity and uh-huh. wanting our kids not to learn because they're forced to learn, but to learn because they want to learn. Yeah. If they weren't wanting to learn, then we were doing something wrong. And so, um, and so with my nieces and nephews, it was very much like, well, why, why is it? And if they say, I don't know, then we'd say, well, let's figure it out because yeah. it's awesome and we want to know. And so they go, Oh, we do. We want to know. All right. Well, <laughs> let's, let's, let's know. Cause I think kids, more than anything, learn by example. And so if they think, oh, the norm is that people are curious about things, Mm -hmm. then they're more likely to feed that curiosity that they already have. Because kids are curious. Yeah. Always. (laughs) But that gets kind of squashed because in schools and in different homes, they aren't encouraged to be curious. In fact, often curiosity leads to trouble. And, and so that can kind of get turned off instead of rewarded, which I think it should. Yeah. Cause that's how you learn to love learning is by being curious. Totally. That's kind of spurs the whole um, idea of discovery. And so, and that's, that's what we do is we want kids to be curious. Well, how would you add bigger numbers um, I don't know. Let's figure it out. Right. Yeah. Where they're, doing, they're the ones being excited to learn and to discover and figure things out on their own. So that's how we started. Um, our journey is by just allowing my nieces and nephews to figure things out and to be excited and to, to try to find their own way of doing things. And then like in every homeschooling community, once one person does something really cool, then everyone else wants to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> So we started teaching families and I realized that my influence was limited by my time. Like I just mm. couldn't be in everybody's home all at once. And that's when we started to teach parents because I know that in the home, the greatest influence is the parent. Yeah. And, and so to educate them in helping build this kind of culture of discovery and learning and, and passion, it has to come from the parent which is why we focus there instead of on the student. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I like this, that idea, you know, that just, just throwing that out there as like, just to say, Oh really? How does that work? You know, just, you know, that to have that language of let's find out, let's figure this out. Let's do this together and find out what's going on. I listened to this one homeschool conference in, it's in Virginia and this lady named Marilyn Boyer and she has really interesting philosophies about like her home culture because she, well, when her kids grew up, she asked, somebody asked them like what was so successful in their home. She had 14 kids Mm -hmm. and she's the older, this older son said, well, mom always delighted in us. And so (laughs) she, you know, she, she started to dive into the scriptures and stuff about like, what does that mean to delight? And, you know, she would do stuff like when the kids, their kids would be like excited about it an anthill or something she'd be like really mm-hmm. and like she show yeah. me you know and she'd yeah. be excited and and so it's like I I think that that you know being interested and in allowing kids to be curious it really does 
speak to that, I think, of, like, Absolutely. delighting in them and, like, what, it, really? Let's figure that mm-hmm. out. I want to find out. Let's delight yeah. in learning together and delight in, <laughs> in sparking that curiosity and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so how does, how is math, the math inspirations, why would it, was it more successful in a homeschool setting than, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but I, I think going more into it, like, how could we help even even non-homeschool parents to, like, understand this discovery type of attitude and curiosity and stuff? Yeah. So, I mean, really, because the parent is the main influencer in the home, um, in my mind, it doesn't really matter if this kid is in school or not in school. This idea of, of them being the authority, so the student being the one in control of their own learning, where they're curious and they're diving into it more and they, they aren't accepting just what someone else is telling them, but they're trying to figure out why, because they need to know if it's true or not. They need to discover that truth. Um, That idea can happen no matter where your school is, where your child is actually learning, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's in the home or whether it's outside of the home. And that has to be encouraged by the parent because it's more than just, doing it for an hour a day or two hours a day, they have to be constantly, well, why does that work? Why do you think it works? Can you show me how that works? Cause I, I really want to know. And that kind of mentality that, and that, um, the parent doing that for the child and showing them that that's, that they, they expect them to know that of themselves, um, encourages the child. Exactly. That there's way more to it. Tell me what you did to get that. Yeah. In fact, the answers aren't important at all, right? What two plus four is, is not important. Um, But the process to getting to that and to discovering and to learning about that and then having the confidence in themselves to say, yeah, it totally is this. And I know that it's six because of this and this and this. So I know it of myself. I know that it's six. And that gives the student pride in their, in their own achievements, which is great. It also gives them faith in themselves, which is really important because as a parent, in fact, we've thought, we've thought a lot about this as it relates to, to our family culture, because we realize as parents, we want our children to become their best selves, kind of like our overarching goal. Mm -hmm. And we don't want them to become our best selves. Like I don't want my daughter to be the best me that she can be. <laughs> I want her to be the best she, right? Yeah. Best Ellie that she can but be. But if they're just regurgitating everything that we tell them, they're not necessarily developing their authentic selves. Yeah. Because if I'm telling her what to do, then she's just being me. And she has uniqueness in her that I cannot tell her to get out. (laughs) Like I only can give her opportunities for her to build that and to grow that. And so I'm often surprised by what she will come up with and what she thinks and what she does because it's unique to her. And, and as a parent, that's so wonderful to see. It's so cool to see her developing her own unique thinking and her own unique skills because that's what I want. I want her to, to be herself. So I can't tell her what to do. Um, I can't kind of Which force her so into my tempting. 
as a parent. Oh, yeah. So tempting, you know. It's be not like, efficient. No, do this. Yeah, yeah. It's not no. efficient to let them do it their own way at yeah. all. You have to have and, a lot of patience as a parent yeah. to sit and wait on them to, like, figure it out or, mm-hmm. yeah, or even make mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, to, to do it the wrong way and be like, hmm, is that right? <laughs> you know? So what yeah, would you it, say then if they're doing it, they're doing something wrong that you can see that they're, they're making maybe a wrong choice? Like, what can you do? Well, what's great, what's great about, about life and about math in particular is that things are built on truth. There are certain truths that are just true. And, and so when they're trying to prove something that's not based on truth, they will see that error. Because there are certain truths that they have to go back to that when they go, oh, you're right, that didn't work because mm-hmm. it it's not doesn't meet this truth that I know is true. And so when they see that, then they themselves are correcting and saying, oh, no, no, this isn't right because it has to be this, mm-hmm. which, again, is giving them the, the confidence that, that oh, confidence. I can figure this out myself. Like I can do this myself and I can I can learn myself and I can check myself to make sure that I'm correct. And I don't need mom telling me if I'm right or wrong, because a lot of times we rely on someone even, I mean, our generation even kind of feels like, so someone tell me I'm doing this right. Someone telling me I'm parenting correctly. Someone telling me, like someone tell me if I'm not, you know, doing it right or not. Uh And, and it's so powerful if you can say, no, 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 these are the truths. And I know I'm going through these truths and I'm, I'm, I mean, it's very like, religious very gospel based too because it's like you know what there are just there are there are truths in my life that I can say this action is aligned with my truth and so I know that it's going to be okay and that's what I want my kids to be like I have these inner truths and what I'm doing I know aligns with these inner truths so I'm going to be okay I love that you know just before I we got on our call I was looking at Facebook and a friend of mine posted this article from The Economist. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because you're talking about the self-esteem and the confidence. And it says that the American education system turns out good swimmers and confidence public speakers. But for subjects like math and science, standards are much lower than in other developed countries. And the title of the article is American Schools Value Self-Esteem Over Academic Achievement. But that tells me, though, that like what you're saying is if Mm -hmm. you can – if you did value the academic achievement in the right ways, you mm-hmm. are going to nourish their self-esteem and their Absolutely. their self-worth. And, and it, uh-huh. it, it comes from them being able to explore who they really are and what, and that they are creating the mm-hmm. information, you know, like discovering it inside, you know, for, for themselves. Yeah. So Cause I often think this idea of self-esteem is just, well, I'm great and I'm good and I, I'm comfortable in my in who I am, and confidence is I am I can do great things. It's like mm-hmm. I believe in not just who I am, but who I can become, and that yeah. I can get there if I want to get there. And so I think self confidence is a lot more to do with kind of action, like what can I become in the future, mm-hmm. um, and self esteem is more who I am now. Yeah, and it's great that we're building self esteem. I think that's important. Because that's kind of how that confidence can start. It's like, okay, I'm smart. So if I'm smart, I should be able to have the skills to do these things. But there's so. a difference between that, the, you know, if you've ever read the um, growth mindset, mm-hmm. mindset, yeah. Carol Dweck, uh-huh. you know, it's, 
yeah. there's a difference between the fixed and versus the growth Absolutely. mindset. You you know, you have to have that attitude that I can do these things or I can develop these things. And I think that that's a deeper level of self-esteem and a deeper yeah. level of confidence than just I'm smart. No, I'm smart. And yeah. then and then try and go the rest of your life trying to defend that I'm smart by doing yeah. the same things over and over again. And that's yeah, not going to totally. get you anywhere. Nope. It's, it's not going to give you that growth. Yeah, because confidence, that kind of confidence that helps you kind of grow even further can only be developed through experiences. Mm -hmm. Experiences where you struggled through something and it was hard, but you persevered and had an amazing outcome. Those kind of experiences, when they're repeated, so even a little child who does something wrong and fixes their mistake and feels that sense of, oh, I did it and I fixed it and it's something great happened. Like those experiences over and over and over are how they realize, okay, I can learn and do something great and it's going to be hard, but that doesn't mean I'm not smart, right? That's not going to defeat me because I know that I can become greater if I struggle through this. So it's as a parent, not always jumping in and saving them from oh, yeah. something, you know, that that's what's going to develop that, that confidence. Yeah. Because often, to do that. especially, especially in math, I mean, I guess in other things as well, when parents jump in, it's almost like saying, I don't think you can do this. Yeah. I don't yep. think you can do this. So I'm going to jump in and, and I'm going to save you because you're just not capable of this. I don't want you and to get embarrassed. Sends, <laughs> exactly. And that sends the total wrong message because what you're saying is, no, you can't do it. And your journey isn't very important. And I'm just going to save you because I'm, I'm the one who knows. And it's, done over and over and over again, especially in public school, especially in math. The teacher is the authority. Uh-huh. That they, yeah, exactly. don't challenge And it's repeated that. and repeated. And so students get that ingrained in themselves that I need someone else to do this for me. And when I struggle, it's it's their responsibility to to, to teach me because I'm not capable of it for myself. Hmm. And that accountability. that's kind of like a, it's, it's a terrible thing because it, it ingrains in students where that either they're really good, but they don't feel like it was, they just, it was someone else's really good or they did really bad. And then they're just like, Oh, I just can't do this. Cause even my teacher couldn't help me. Mm -hmm. Right. So if my teacher couldn't even tell me what to do and I could get it, then I just can't do it. Then their self-esteem starts to diminish. <laughs> yeah. It's, they don't believe in themselves anymore. That's that's I mean, heartbreaking. They they're great people, but they, they're not great mathematicians. Right, right, right. Or so they believe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's just, and so like in my family, anytime we have to jump in because of time. So like if my daughter's sweeping the floor and we have to leave mm. and she's taking forever sweeping the floor. <laughs> we make it very clear that we believe that she can sweep that floor really well. Like that we're jumping in just because we have to leave right now. I know you could do a really great job if we gave you more time, but we got to go to grandma's or like whatever it is, because I want her, I never want her to think that I don't think she can, because yeah. I know that she can. And so whenever I have to jump in because of time, and that's just a small thing just to say, oh, I know you could totally do this. Yeah. I'm going to do it real quick. Is that okay? Right. I think that's important language because so many people are so busy. <laughs> Totally. I mean, and to sit down and say, tell me about this and that, or, you know, how did you get to that? It's like, that takes time. But, but I mean, if you have the right language to just let your child know, 
I do care about this and I know you're capable. So, or exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I also think that sometimes, at least myself as a parent, I get overly busy where I realize, wow, I've said a lot that I think you can, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) I've been saying that a lot lately, (laughs) which means I probably need to slow down. Mm. And so there are times where I'm just like, I'm just going to slow down and yeah, cut something out and really just let them have these opportunities. Cause that's like, even if I say over and over again, I know you can, if they don't actually do it at some point, then they won't know they can. Yeah. And so we have to give them that opportunity to know that they can. Yeah, exactly. Well, I also, okay, so I want to go and I want to talk to you about the math games and things that you <laughs> incorporate into your program because I I really want to play more math games with my kids, but I'm like, I don't know any of these games. And I think maybe some of that goes into the parent training that you offer. Um, but uh, so what are what are some ways that we can incorporate more of these games in order, you know, to develop that culture of just thinking logically and, you know, exploring the, the capacity that we have to, to, um, just think <laughs> yeah. and, and to incorporate numbers and patterns and, and things like that. So, so just starting from like little kids on up through even teenagers, like what kind of, what kind of activities can you do as a family that will, that will encourage those kinds of, that kind of thinking? Yeah, I think games and math games are are great. I think any game is great. Um, And I actually like with my family to play a new game that none of us know how to play, Mm -hmm. where we have to sit down, we have to read the directions, we have to talk through what we think that means, um, because it's so good for our kids to see us not know things. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, wow, I've never played this before. I don't know. What do you think this would mean? What do you think this would mean? Because they've got to also see that problem solving modeled yeah. out for them as well. Yeah. And so we, in our family, anytime we get a new game, we all sit down together and we kind of read through the instructions and we decide, you know, we interpret some of the rules and it might not be a right interpretation, but it's our family interpretation. <laughs> so we stick with it. Uh, Because it doesn't really matter as long as, you know, it's consistent between all of us. Right. And and then we get going. And games are so fantastic because, one, they're fun. That's the whole goal of a game is to be fun. And so kids are less intimidated by it because they know that it's a game and games are fun. And so it allows their brains, like psychologically, allows their brains to learn better because when you're – um, when you are excited about something, when you're happy, um, the endorphins actually aid in the learning process. They allow things and connections cool. to be made more quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's why we love games. And we always start with games with our kids and with our students, because it's just something that helps them, helps their brain lighten and get excited and to grow. And so games like mastermind is one of our favorites. You ever seen yeah. mastermind? The uh-huh. little pig, colored pigs. There's a um, there's a junior one too. That's what my kids uh-huh. play. Yeah, we love that game. <laughs> it's a great because especially when when I'm playing games with my kids, we talk about why they're doing what they're doing. So it's not just random guessing, which can mastermind can tend to, where it's like, oh, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do this. When you go, when you actually stop and say, well, why are you making that guess? I don't know. And you actually make them think about it. They go, Oh, I wouldn't get pink because there weren't any pinks in this one. So, 
So then they can actually make a more educated guess. And sometimes it just takes you asking that question for them to realize it. Yeah. And sometimes they actually have really brilliant reasons for making the guesses that they make. And then it's a good way for them to communicate what they're doing and for you to go, that's awesome. What a go. I love that way. Yeah. Keep, keep going. Right. <laughs> it might not be right, but keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a really fun one. Um, right now my, I'm, my five-year-old and I are playing a lot of sorry, okay. uh, with, with yeah. my three-year-old as well, because that just a little counting and mm -hmm. each peg goes with a certain number, right? Each square has a certain number. Um, it's such a valuable thing for her to move. Anyway, it's just a, it's a beginning counting and learning process. Okay. And then she also starts like when she plays, there's a, you know, the 10, you either move 10 or go backwards one. Uh -huh. And so I'm starting to see her actually strategically move a piece backwards Thinking one about that. Uh -huh. forward 10 to get closer to her goal. Like, it's so fun to see if you play a game enough, then they can really start making strategy. Yeah. Where they go, oh, no, I think this would actually make a better move instead of just doing whatever's quickest and easiest for them. And so that repetitive gameplay hmm. is uh, really good as well. And so with her, we're seeing a lot of cool things. Um, war is another favorite. So if you have students who are struggling with their math facts, we love war because it's fast repetition. Um, so we'll like have them flip over two cards and they have to multiply uh -huh. and then whoever has the largest product wins. So oh, I flip, cool. over two, flip, flip over two and they multiply and, um, and that's great cause you're getting a lot of repetition in, uh -huh. but it's also in game setting. So it's not just, you know, a worksheet where they have right. to crunch. Numbers. Um, but when we play, if they don't know what six times seven is, then I have them figure it out. Nice. So I never actually tell them the answer. Um, but sometimes it's cool because if they have six times seven and I have seven times seven, they don't actually have to know what six times seven is to know I have more than they do. Mm, mm. If I have seven groups of seven and they only have six groups of seven. And so obviously I have more than they do. So that's kind of fun too, because then they can estimate yeah. without getting bogged down by the, the procedure, which is actually a detriment later on if they're getting bogged down by a procedure and <laughs> forget to think. Uh -huh, <laughs> so uh -huh. thinking happening is a great thing. <laughs> And it keeps it, I don't know, it just, it keeps the numbers not abstract, but concrete. Okay. Okay. Huh. That's awesome. I like that, um, what you said about sitting down and allowing your kids to see that process of you learning. Mm -hmm. Because that's, I, I never thought about that before. Because whenever I, the kids want to play a new game, I'm like, I don't know how to play that game. And so I'm kind of like shy away from it, but mm -hmm. that makes so much sense to be like, sure, let's sit down together and figure this out. Cause I don't really awesome. know. <laughs> it's actually a really great thing for them to figure out the game too. I think um, that that's so good practice as yeah, a parent with older kids? to mm -hmm. just, well, as a parent to like, just sit down and be like, we're going to figure this out and just the totally. game. <laughs> totally. And yeah. then to translate that over to, well, you're curious about something. Okay. Let's figure this out. Totally. Let's find yeah. out. Yeah, and make that part of your culture is we just figure things out. That's what yeah. we do together. Yeah. It's also fun if you have older kids who can read to have them figure it out. Mm -hmm. So you figure out the game and then you teach it to me. So, so you come and you're like, all right, teach me about this game. And then you can help them kind of where they might not have been sure about things. You can clarify it for them. And 
um, and kind of help them refine their thinking as well. So, so yeah, so, don't be afraid of unknown games. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So how does how does some of that all translate to like um, like if somebody's homeschooling and they have to have a certain level that their kids are learning or something that they have to report to the state or something like how does that um, work for homeschool families? Yeah, so most of what I've heard is based on improvement, but that might not always be the case depending on if you're going through a charter school or something. Uh Um, But pretty much anything they're learning, as long as they are discovering it themselves. So, for example, if they have to learn how to multiply larger numbers, then instead of telling them what to do, if you know that's your end goal that you have to get to, Instead of telling them what to do, just have them figure it out. Say, what do you think you would do? Because even starting there, where they're having to think about it, instead of telling them what to do, you're saying, I think you could figure this one out. Mm -hmm. I think you can figure this one out. So what do you think we would do? And starting there and allowing them time to really figure it out and to think about it. Because really, if you allow that time at the beginning of the process for them to think it through, um, use manipulatives, draw pictures, whatever they need to do to figure it out, Uh, If you allow that time at the beginning, you need very little, if any, time at the end for review. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we think, well, they are going to have to report on this at the end of the week, so I need to teach them really quick so they can practice, 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 practice. But if you take four days at the beginning to have them figure it out and discover it and and really dig into it, then that last day, I mean, they know it. They've got it. They don't need that practice at the end because they know how to figure it out. They know how to do it. And so on any kind of review, they'll figure it out because they already figured it out once. So there's going to be no problem figuring it out again. We have a lot of students that take the ACT. Uh, The ACT tests for problem solving. So a lot of times on the ACT, they give students problems they've never seen before. Now, if you are always told what to do and you see a problem that you've never seen before, it's very intimidating because mm-hmm. you don't know how to handle that. Yeah. But if you're get used to being asked the question, what do you think we should do with this problem? I know you don't know, but let's think of some answers, think of some ideas. Then when you come to a problem on the ACT that you've never seen before, you go, all right, well, what would I do here? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe this, maybe this. I'm going to try this. Okay, this makes sense. Yes, this is the answer. And it's amazing that they really do a lot better because they're not phased by it. There's no, anyway, they can figure it out. They have they no might even issue. feel like the challenge is inspiring, right? Like a lot of, totally. you know, especially if they have that growth mindset where they can, they think, you know, this is a challenge. I'm going to tackle this, you know, and, yeah. and that, and learn something new. That's Absolutely. awesome. So I really That's... like this, you know, the overarching message of like, Get growing kids confidence like mm-hmm. it's really you know when you put it up into their hands to say look I'm not going to tell you that there's a right and wrong way to do this I want you to figure out what the right way is you know and then mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately that that truth will shine through mm-hmm. as they Absolutely. work through it and and then as a parent that that's you know making that part of your home culture that the truth that the ultimate truth, like find the ultimate truth or like, and to to be curious, to figure things out together. Like that, that's a, that's a huge, that would be a huge thing for a lot of people. I think to, to, if they incorporated that attitude into Mm -hmm. their culture, like 
to delight in their kids and to and mm-hmm. to be like just curious together. I yeah. mean, because I, I think too sometimes parents we think well, I'm supposed to know everything, right? Yeah. But no, you know. Not and, at all. And it's almost like well, if I if I show weakness, then my kids are gonna <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh, take yeah, over. No, totally. You know, but but I think that if kids can can come to us with with the questions and and then we say let's let's figure it out together mm-hmm. then i mean kids go through a lot of stuff yeah <laughs> and if they know that they can trust their parents not to be like well i know the answer then yeah. maybe they'll come to a parent more often to say absolutely. look i'm struggling with something and i want to mm-hmm. figure it out with you yeah to like absolutely. humbly as a parent just be like all right, let's figure that out. Yeah. And it could play I think there's, math or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I think there's power in parenting too when your child is misbehaving or when there's a problem with them and you say, you know what, I've noticed this and and I think it's, I think it's an issue. Do you think it's an issue? What do you think we could do about that? What do you, mm-hmm. How do you think I could, how could I help you um, change this behavior? What could we do about that? Yeah. Because then you're saying, you know what, this is this is you and this is your behavior and you're responsible for your behavior, but I want to help you figure out how we can change this. Yeah. How can we? Well, then inspire them to young... come up with, yeah. they can come up with ideas. I mean, there's that, um, how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. Have you read that book? I've, I've heard of it. It's a really good book because it gives the parents like ideas for how to talk to the kids so that they will come up with the ideas. You know, it's like, I noticed that there's this problem. What do you, let's make a list of ways we can solve this problem, you know? And so that's, that would totally apply to this idea of discovering like truths and figuring it out. Like, let's come up with ideas together and, and we'll cross off the ones that can seem kind of silly. And parents like come up with silly Uh ideas too, you know? (laughs) And like, and if kids come up with silly ideas, we're like, okay, that's not a bad idea. It's just another idea. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I love that. Because the more we can get them used to the process of of brainstorming and thinking things through and thinking logically and um, drawing conclusions from those truths that they know based on that logic and problem solving, then when they get to problems in life when we're not around, because really that's the goal, right? As a parent, you want them to succeed when you're not around. Yeah. Exactly. And so we need to give them plenty of experiences so that when they do reach that, when you're not around, they go, all right, I know exactly how I'm going to handle this. I'm going to make a little list. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to, I know these things are true. And so I'm going to make sure that my conclusion aligns with that. And I'm going to trust that, trust in myself to, to know that it's the right thing. That's awesome. That's so crucial. That inner, that inner resilience, that inner strength and self-efficacy. I think that that's yeah. something that's really, you know, like you were saying, looking outside. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Yeah. Come back. You got to figure that out. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily. This has been. You're uh, that, welcome. That time went really fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I just really quickly just tell us about your website where people can find you and what you're, you know, get in touch with you and what you're you're doing yeah um so our website is mathinspirations.com and we have a course for parents the 10 uh 10 week course where we help parents implement this idea of discovery and of allowing their students to struggle and to think and to figure things out on their own to really gain that self-confidence um we we talk about how to really apply that especially in terms of math 
because uh, math is one of those areas where it's easy to help your kids think uh, think and grow in English or literature, right? Where it's kind of already a little abstract. And mm-hmm. um, But in math, it always seems like, oh, don't I need to tell them what to do? And so we help parents learn that you don't need to. And this is these are ways to help them learn and discover. And we also have a curriculum that goes with it uh, that parents can follow that is really just provides the students with great opportunities to discover and to learn for themselves. So that's mathinspirations.com. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you go check out Math Inspirations if you're interested in helping your child learn more about how to do the discovery method of math. Emily is an inspiration and I love her work. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe, comment, share, listen on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, or on my website at homeandfamilyculture.com. And you can also find me on Facebook at the Home and Family Culture Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you.